I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 127. 127. Mm, a prestigious number. Is it? No. 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 So. But it's a up. number. Well done it is. It is. Well it done, is. yes. We're it's counting. Sinead's learned up to 127. It's yeah. taken all week. How are you, Nick? I'm okay. I'm sitting at the table and I'm looking at my Lego. Going, oh, it's nice Lego. Oh, we are sharing the table with Nick's Lego. With a half-built haunted house. Oh, and it is spectacular. <laughs> it's very exciting. The pictures on social media do not do it justice. It is a thing of beauty. As we said to our Patreon subscribers this week, this episode may just be us building Lego. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's even more exciting? Today, the lighting kit arrived. You've ordered a lighting so kit. So I've ordered the lighting kit. Right. Lego. So, so what does that do? It lights it. What, like with spotlights underneath no, no, it or actual, inside? No, actually inside. So like oh. all the little lanterns have little lights. Lego opening noises. Oh, he's opening it. Opening <gasps> it. See, all the candles oh. have little flickery lights in the candles. There is a full pipe organ a full inside pipe, it. A, a, that was great fun to make. <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack oh, yeah, and you were doing it? <laughs> all the little candles have little flickery lights inside them. Oh! <gasps> going to be awesome this is great content yeah. for a podcast no, no one can see this no but it's gonna be, well it'll be on it'll be on the social one it's finished very very exciting it's very Nick's exciting adventures in yeah. the world of lego people we will be sharing it you have your pre-cocktail cocktail my pre-cocktail cocktail it's going well yeah, it's, going, yep. it's going really well you have a, a classic don't you i have a lovely red hook very nice i have an incident in a glass you have some monstrosity that you've constructed out of random bottles you pulled out of the cupboard. Which I haven't tasted yet. No, so I think this is going to go horribly wrong. As is our want, we, uh, we we meet for this podcast. Sometimes we do a little bit of business chat or just general chat beforehand over a drink. Had a nice red hook. And then I said, no, 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 Nick, you have a red hook. I'm going to make something lovely. And then yeah. Nick shouted instructions at me. And now in the glass in front of me, the world's smallest glass. I feel like a lot of blame has been put my way for this. Uh, it shall be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Depen- yeah. Unless it's a success, then it's mine. So then it's all you. Okay. But I have mixed up a combination of the delicious pistachio liqueur, coconut rum, and the banana liqueur. Yeah. Because those are just things that are in the cupboard. And things that you think might go well together. But I'm going to give it a go. The quantities are any man's guess. Yeah, it's just... It's just every man for himself. Okay, right, I'm going to try this. 
How's how's that for you? It's actually all right. (laughs) It's a sweet. Yes. It's a strange sweet that you get in a pick and mix. (laughs) Someone would make a cocktail of this in London and charge 20 quid a go Mm. and the the basic white bitches would flock to it. If only you could remember how you made it. (laughs) (laughs) The banana's not bad in there. Nutty, coconutty, banana-y. What a symphony of flavours. Marvellous. We need a name for it. Death in Paradise. Death in Paradise. Mm. Yeah, claggy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's that's not something that you generally look for in a drink, I feel. <laughs> I quite like that, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, it the, grows the, on you. The clagginess. The, no, no, it's, it's not elegant. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Any poisonings this week, Nick? Uh, I think possibly you, very shortly. Yeah, possibly I'm going to die Yeah, from uh, from deliciousness. <laughs> but good, we're okay for poisonings. Oh, I think we're okay for the moment. Well, speaking of mixing up questionable drinks and potentially poisoning your friends with them, I think it is time for us to thank the delicious Patreon subscribers. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed, for some marvellous people who have joined us this week. So thank you very much to Kat Mazio. To Melanie Kowalski. Hope that's right. And to Brandy Razzo. Thank you very much for joining us on the exciting Patreon journey. And thank you to the people who've also upgraded on Patreon, our lovely Arsenic aficionados, who have decided to become cyanide connoisseurs. Thank you to everyone who has upgraded. You are beautiful, sexy, lovely people. Thank you so much. Well, Nick, are you ready Mm. to drink cocktails that we make up as we go along (laughs) and talk about poison? Yes. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. We could what now? I can do that. I'm not sure what accent I'm doing. Yeah, where, 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 is, where is this from? I don't know. It's a mid-Atlantic crossed with someone who's had a problem with their feelings. <laughs> crossed with Transylvania? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just going to talk about the cocktails. <laughs> Should we go with the first one? Yeah, uh, whatever that one was, let's do that. It is Nick's story this week, but with a story we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have one without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. So this week, Nick, the secret ingredient is... The woods. The woods? The woods. The deep, dark woods? The deep, dark, spooky woods. Oh, the spooky woods. Spooky woods, not spooky woods. that spooky. Are we finally doing the story of Red Riding Hood? Damn you, no. <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> Someday soon we are just going to descend into doing fairy tales. Yeah, absolutely. The Brothers Grimm. Yeah. I think we can all get on board I mean, with yeah, that. I've got the book out there. Let's do it. Yay. <laughs> lots of mythology, lots of things associated with the woods. I'm going probably too far on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, because none of that's happening this week. <laughs> <laughs> Do people just drive by the woods and comment on so it? So you're getting all excited about, oh, deep and dark, spooky, <laughs> mysterious things. No, none of that. Oh, there's not a wolf. There's no wolves. No. Fine. I feel disappointed about the story I'm going to tell you. Now. <laughs> I should have worked harder, I feel. Well, with woodland as yes. a secret ingredient, what have you come up with, Nick? Well, there's a few out there. Okay. Oh, there are there? Yeah, indeed. No, I was surprised how many woody-based cocktails I came across. Okay. Are they just, <laughs> are they just twigs? Yeah, it's just all entirely twig-based. Vodka with a stick in it. It's with a stick. But I thought always <laughs> you could go wood, barrel, anything. Wood comes from woods. <laughs> Drinks go in barrels. No? Can't have that? No, that would be the end of the podcast right, if okay. you did that. There would be a line that had been crossed. <laughs> so I haven't gone that far just yet. Good. So this week we are having... Into the woods. Into the woods? Into the woods. Oh, how very Stephen Sondheim. Well, exactly. And musical theatre base as well. So <gasps> double whammy of marvellousness. Into the woods promises much. It does. Mm. And it's still got a Red Riding Hood theme. That is true. Uh... It's not Red Riding Hood. For the 15th time, it's not Red Riding Hood. <laughs> if I say it enough, will you just tell me the story of I Red think Riding I will, Hood? Yeah, just, just like whatever I've written. Just, yeah. I've got like a complete works of Brothers Grimm out there. Oh, let's just read that. So let's go there. It's, it's story time. 
no, I feel we need some murder, we need some death, we need some mystery. There's plenty of that in Brother in the Grimm's Fairy Tales. That really happened? Okay, well, with Into the Woods, I think it is time for us to sashay into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm, so we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick... Into the woods you into went. The, I went into the woods. And you came back with a drink. I came back with I foraged for a drink. Now, I have concerns. Why? Because when Nick makes the cocktails, he disappears. He literally goes into the poisonous cabinet kitchen, shuts the door, so I don't see what goes into the drink. So I don't know what's going on. And I heard fizzing yeah. this week, but a disturbing kind of fizzing, like it was you were dropping Alka-Seltzer into a it glass. <laughs> What, peeing in the yeah, glass was that glass. it I don't know. there was a lot of fizzing noise going on in the kitchen and i got very scared <laughs> i think the death in paradise has made me paranoid yeah, i mean unnecessarily so I feel. <laughs> okay so but we have in front of us a lovely amber drink but it's a long drink with some yeah. ice and a segment of lemon bit a bit of a lemon wedge going on <laughs> like a wedge you know, the other week you said you wanted to up your yeah, garnish indeed. game. This is, this is me and my garnish game. Yeah, Fuck wedging it. it. Chuck a bit of lemon in there, that'll uh, fucking do. Lemon. Okay, I don't know what to expect from this. If there's an Alka-Seltzer in there, then we'll drink it and it'll cure the hangover at the same time. Precisely. So it could be genius. All right, well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, okay. Meh. 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 It's got a mehness to it's it. Meh. Something carbonated is in there. I'm going to venture a ginger ale or a ginger something. There's a ginger something. Is a ginger something. Ginger something. <laughs> ginger beer? There's a ginger beer. Oh, ginger beer. Ginger beer. What's the difference between ginger beer and ginger ale? Not a clue. <laughs> but it comes in different bottles, so I'm assuming there is a difference. Okay, nice. So it's a ginger beer. The ginger beer. And other things. And things. This and is, feeling. This is disappointing. Second sip. Yeah, there's not a lot really going on there, is there? Mm. Lemon, I'm going to venture. There's a beer, as you would guess, guess from the wedge. The booze, it could be anything. It could be whiskey, it could be rum, it could be... Because I'm getting nothing. So, where we have some bourbon. Oh, bourbon! Some cider. Cider? A bit of cider going on in there. Good Lord! Hard cider. And then some ginger ale. A ginger, and a ginger beer, sorry, ginger beer. Um, yeah. And some lemon. And I thought, oh, nice autumnal yeah. sort of tasted drink. Meh, on paper, sounds great. And some Angostura bitters. Oh, yeah. Chuck some of them in there as well. And very woodlandy. Yeah. yeah. Into the woods you go with your bourbon and your Absolutely. cider. That's what I was thinking. The, the nights are drawing in, something a bit yeah. cosy. and. Why does that taste so shit? I don't know. <laughs> Disappointed with that. I've taken a big gulp now. It's one that you keep going back to going, no, this should be more. Yeah, there should be more to it. How has that... All of those flavours... Sort of cancelled each other out. Completely. <laughs> There's just nothing going on. A hint of ginger and then water. Yeah. It's not even bad. It's just disappointing. And that's the worst that's thing ever. That's the worst ever. thing. <laughs> I don't mind a bad cocktail. It's been a very, very long time. It's been time a while since we've had one. Since we've had something where we have to... There is a true incident mm. in a glass that we have to throw up and then burn and, and seal in yeah. a box and send off to a warehouse that the Nazis know about. <laughs> I'm not angry, Nick. No, I'm disappointed. Just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I feel I should apologise to everyone, really. Maybe this is the greatest poison of them all. Yeah. Disappointing cocktails. I'm still going to drink it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. How much? How, what are the quantities in here, So by you've the way? got an ounce and a half of bourbon. 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 And then two ounces of cider. 
Really? And two ounces of ginger beer. I should have put more effort into it, really, shouldn't I? No, I don't think you put more effort into it. What can you do? What can you do with something that just, that's the alchemy of cocktails, people. You can have three or four ingredients that absolutely blend into something that is perfection. And you can have three or four ingredients that cancel each other out. Is it a, a late summer punchy sort of thing? No. Rather than a cocktail? No, I keep having sips of it. Thinking I'll get the spikiness of the ginger. Oh, do me a favour. Just yeah. chuck some of the chili liqueur in there. Do you want to put the chili liqueur yeah. in there? Oh, oh, I don't think that's wise. Oh, but yeah. I'm definitely going to do it. Okay, guys, we have bought more things to add to this because it's too disappointing. It yeah. was water. So Nick and I have added a little bit of the chili liqueur. The Ancho Reyes, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Ancho Reyes, I don't know. Sure. Reyes. Verdict. So we've added some yep. chili liqueur, so to give it a bit of heat. But I think this needs, and in honour of the new <laughs> king, we have the king's ginger. The king's ginger. The king's ginger liqueur. Yeah. And I think it needs this. That, that's a good shout. I completely forgot about that one. We are going rogue. Chuck it in there. All right, so how much of this would you normally um, use? Not much. Half to a quarter, I think. Of, a, of an ounce. Yeah. So that's something like about like really 10 or 15 mils. That much? Give it a swirl in there. Ooh. 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 That's better. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely better. Yeah. The um, ancho is very vegetable yeah. That's the only problem with this. However, it's fine. But the ginger in there the gives you that nice shout. burn. Yeah. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, much better. That's giving you all that. the spice and the heat yeah. that you would want, man. <laughs> and now we're ready. We're ready to walk down the road towards Storyville. Is it time Ooh, for a story, Nick? It is. It is Way. time for a story. And it's a bit of a mad story. Bit of history. All good. A very colourful character. Shall we, shall we call him? Okay. And a murder. Yay. That led to what is now known as the last battle to be fought on English soil. <gasps> Goodness me. So it's very dramatic. Lord it, Lord it. It's very exciting. It is 1832. It is? And the city of Canterbury. No. <laughs> yes, we are incredibly local for this one. Oh my God. People around the world, you should all know, Nick and I live in Canterbury. <laughs> Don't try and come and find us. Well, maybe try and come find us a bit. We'll leave you clues. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful cathedral city. We have all the history, people. Yeah, we do. And we're going to tell a bit of that history today. So yeah, so 1832 and Canterbury, it is a, it's a busy trading centre. Home to around about 15,000 people. Um, and the surrounding villages uh, are full of farms and orchards and Ooh. hop gardens and ancient woods from miles and miles and miles uh, it truly is the garden of england as, <laughs> as they as they used to say but by the sounds of this it should have been an idyllic and lovely place full of happy jolly people but something is simmering just beneath the surface okay now for hundreds and hundreds of years prior the land and the people who worked it had been living in harmony but as the Industrial Revolution chugged along and ah. changed the world, the countryside too was changing. No. New machinery was replacing manpower. Labourers cannot find work and they fall behind on rents and they can't provide for their families. Those in power simply shrug their shoulders and is the price of progress now in response gangs of workers who are now out of work go around the countryside smashing machines Wait. all these threshing machines and harvesting machines smash them to pieces in the fields set fire to barns and farmhouses <gasps> but these mobs are quickly dispersed by local authorities and nothing really changes the laborers they are not allowed to vote 
in local elections. You have to have land or cash or a fancy name um, to be eligible to vote. Um, <laughs> and those who did have land and cash and a fancy name, they are in no rush to change the status quo to improve the lives of the common folk. Absolutely. Vote for yourselves. I'm sure the serfs will come with us. <laughs> Absolutely. This won't be a problem at Not all problem. down the line. Well, now, I mean, elections in the city, they often end in near riots, really, yeah. um, as those without the right to vote, which is 90% of the people, make their feelings known, often very loudly and sometimes violently. In August of 1832, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who was not known for his modernising ways, he is caught in his carriage outside of the outside of the cathedral um, by a mob of local farm workers who chuck every unpleasant thing they can find at his carriage and at him through the windows <laughs> until they, they the gang are run off by... <laughs> by guards from the cathedral oh imagine the meeting where they all decided what to bring oh yeah absolutely okay someone's like turned up there i've got a turnip i've got a dead calf wow jim you escalated this quickly i've got a catapult and a cow (laughs) right i just brought some manure i thought that would be fine yeah now as frequent and as vocal as these demonstrations are um they lack one thing that is organization One group doesn't know what the other group is doing. This one group protests on a Tuesday. The other group protests on a Wednesday. If we both protested on a Thursday, there'd be a much bigger crowd. Um, But they're, they're not talking to each other. What they need, what they're lacking, is a charismatic leader. Someone who can channel all of this discontent and grumpiness. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. All they need is Robin Hood. In September... 1832, that leader arrives in Canterbury. He is a remarkable looking man. He stands over six feet tall, a giant of the, the time. At the time, that uh, is no one has ever been born no that tall. No one has ever been that tall before. Everyone, just for the record, it was actually on record that everyone in England at that time was two foot. It was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he is a giant of a man. He's broad shoulders. He's got powerful, well-muscled arms. He's a handsome face with piercing blue eyes. Shock of hair red like the fires of hell. No, long black hair down to his shoulders and a great bushy beard. (laughs) He is obviously someone of huge importance. He is impeccably turned out. Rich, colourful, slightly exotic and daring clothes. This is someone to be reckoned with. He didn't look like that. He did. And there are pictures of, or sketches, Sketch, drawings, sketches of him sketches. looking quite fabulous. Okay, he was probably just an average man, and this all <laughs> got changed over time. But still, who who is this man? He's the noblest man in England. He is the most fancy man in England. He strides through the streets, and people literally stop and stare mm. at this bizarre-looking stranger. I mean, I would. Yeah, absolutely. He, he sounds fabulous sounds amazing he makes his way to the rose inn on the high street yes um and announces his arrival he is the count moses rostopine rothschild Uh, immediately everyone takes their clothes off absolutely (laughs) desperately sexy he was here to make a name for himself and to rescue all of the people of the city from their boring little lives Everyone's in the pub going, okay. Okay, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> His PR person behind him going, maybe, maybe say this at somewhere more authoritative than just a pub in the street. Yeah. <laughs> Now, he walks around the streets of the city in his various 
fabulous outfits. Um, he hands out sweets to the children. He charms women. Um, he's buying rounds of drinks in public houses. He lets everyone know that he is a man of wealth and substance, mm. but he's not like all the other rich people. No. He cares about the struggles of the poor, and he wants to help. And people flock to him, mainly yeah. for the free drinks, potentially. Um, <laughs> and the sweeties. But, but this is someone who is so completely different to anything anything they've experienced. He takes to holding court in the Rose Inn. Where he would regale his his new friends with speeches mocking the mayor and the magistrates of the city and making promises for a better future if they stick with him. But not much seems to happen. And before long, the number attending the Count's gathering starts to dwindle. Oh, he's good at the chat. He's good at making these speeches, but a bit thin on the ground with the actual doing stuff. Quite the politician. Quite the politician. <laughs> and other people, they have lives to get on with, really. And as exciting and as distracting as this man might be, mm. it's getting a bit old hat now. Come on. Yeah. Either do something or I've got to go and feed my family. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go and cut the grass. So come on. Shit or get off the pot. Mate. Exactly. Get on with it or just stop faffing around. One evening, the Count decides that things are not progressing as quickly as they should be. Things are not going quite his way. He is here to make a name for himself, mm-hmm. to get things moving. He's here to be f- become famous. And it is no good if people are getting bored of him after only a couple of weeks. That will not do at all. Something has to change. Something has to change. That's a typical politician who goes, I think something has to change after weeks of people going, well, you're boring and this isn't working. <laughs> now the next totally my idea. Yeah, now the next morning, he makes a grand descent into the common room of the Rose Inn. But this is not the Count. This is not the Count at all. He's changed. Right. He is now Sir William Percy Honeywood Courtney, Knight of Malta, heir to the Earldom of Devon and Hale's Place, which is just outside Canterbury. Um, He also proclaims himself to be King of the Gypsies and rightful heir to the Kingdom of Jerusalem. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds damn impressive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's well. Sorry. Th- let's do the name bit at the beginning. So, his Sir William Percy Honeywood Courtenay. Honeywood. 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 Something yeah. for the ladies. Then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Something for Courtenay. Courtenay. <laughs> and then various titles that yeah, he made up. Yeah, Knight of Malta. That that is a real thing. But he no, wasn't. He Knight wasn't of Malta? one. No, he wasn't. He wasn't no. one of those. Um, heir to the Earldom of Devon. He now, was the heir, that's yeah, fine, heir. Now, I might the, be the bastard son of a yeah, bastard son. Yeah, the, the Courtenays were indeed the Earls of Devon. Was he one? Probably not. Earl to Hale's Place. Hale's Place is a baronetcy yes. just on the outskirts, well, was on the outskirts of Canterbury, now in the middle of Canterbury. It's now in the middle of the Canterbury where <laughs> all the students live in yeah, this godless absolutely. place. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, King of the Gypsies. Is he Tyson Fury? <laughs> Potentially. Great, 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 great. Yeah. brother. And rightful heir to the Kingdom of Jerusalem. Which is an impressive uh, claim to make. A, okay, that's impressive. Yeah, that's now, quite good. Now people are slightly confused by this change of persona. Mm. Uh, yesterday he was the Count. Count Thingamajig von Rothschild. Now he's uh, William... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like various, various, various Various, things. various, various. Very fancy, very fancy. Can I ask, where is the Rose Inn at this time? The Rose Inn is, no longer exists. No. It is on the junction of the High Street and Rose Lane. Oh, so this is really central. So really central on the high street. was bombed to shit during the war, so is no longer existing oh. as it was then. And is now a metro bank. There's a first floor balcony Ooh. at the Rose Inn, and there are pictures of him like regaling his followers 
on this balcony at the, at the Rose Inn, which unfortunately say no longer exists. Aww. A few people have become slightly confused by this change of change of title, change of man, really. But he does it with such conviction and so, so entirely naturally that most people go... Yeah right. <laughs> Why not? Okay, we'll get we'll we'll go along with it. It is gets accepted entirely that he is actually this Sir William character. I don't think there was anyone who was that loyal who was sitting there going, I think your facts are actually a little bit wrong. <laughs> Everyone's getting hammered. He's been preaching yeah. to a pub the whole time. Now, I mean, this new name, this new character is far more popular than the old one. And no one re- no one challenges his claims of grandeur and his, and his titles. The actual, the current Earl of Devon, or the, the Earl of Devon at the time, had been forced to flee the country. Right. Supposedly, for crimes... So odious in nature, they could not be named. <laughs> and he was living in Paris. Mainly, he had a boyfriend. But See, the- <laughs> I was wondering whether or not it's like, oh, is it, is it something really bad as in like genuinely bad? Like no. we don't want to talk about. Or is it like he once touched a goat? No. The, the, oh, the, no, the, he the was Earl, gay. The Earl was gay. And, and he had he to flee a, the country. And he had to flee the country. To... He went to he went to, went to the states first, but by this point he was in Paris. In Paris, and he lived the rest of his life in Paris and died in Paris. Don't blame him. Wonderful place yeah. to be. If you and had a grand time. time when he was there. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, but no. but no one was around to refute his this chap's claims of heir to the earldom, so he could well have been. How are you going to check? There's no yeah. Google. Absolutely, and the 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 baronetcy of Hale's Place, the the previous baronet, he had died the year previous with the with no heir. So it could well be that this chap is some sort of distant relation or something like that, and had an entirely legitimate claim. Bollocks! To the, He's the just gone upstairs and just worked yeah, out no, everyone who's it died. Is, it's entirely bollocks. Could be not bollocks. Just a little bit, possibly not bollocks. Yes. But people go. Oh, there's a. There could be something in this. Don't dispute that he's done yeah. his research to make sure that it stands up in the ears mm. of people. He's not yeah. come downstairs and said, "I've invented the banana," no. and people go, "I don't think you have." <laughs> now, in December of 1832, the first elections are due to be held under new rules that have been set out in the 1832 Parliamentary Reform Act. Now, this act has actually opened voting up to to a much broader range of rich people. Very important. Um, Wait. Now, rather than just the super rich, the averagely rich can can vote. Um, It is also the act that specifically says that under no circumstances can women vote. Prior to this, women could vote. Oh. If they had land and if they had money or or title, they were eligible to vote. Now, it says men can vote. Oh, Jesus Christ. In this act. So it's actually taking rights away from the very very few women who could have voted previously <laughs> from, the five women. from the five women in the country who could have voted now no women can oh in law in law specifies men <laughs> now in canterbury it is widely accepted that the Whig candidates are going to win hands down the Whig candidates being one of the political parties you have the Whigs and the tories in the in England at the same uh, this time, Tories not to be confused with the Conservative Party that we have now. They are they're a different breed of people. Yeah. But Whigs, one party of the political system in the UK at the time. Now they were expected to win Canterbury hands down. So the mm. the opposition originally thinking, oh, we just can't be asked. We're just not going to field anyone. What's the point? But then someone suggested, what about the new chap? He's 
quite fancy. <laughs> people might vote for him. Uh, he's a man of the people. And and if nothing else, he's going to be a nuisance to the Whigs. He's, yeah. he's going to cost them money. They're actually going to have to com- campaign for stuff. Mm. So why not chuck him up there and see what happens? Why the hell not? He looks great. Let's just fight politics with appearances. Yeah, absolutely. Because now, I mean, that always works. Yeah. So, I mean, so William, he leaps at the offer. There's a chance to make more speeches, to become even more popular, to buy an even bigger hat. How could he possibly refuse <laughs> the day of the election comes and sir william he arrives at the guild hall dressed splendidly crimson velvet <gasps> trimmed with gold <sighs> he pledges to the crowd to transfer the burden of taxation from the rich to the poor he promises a return to the good old days of roast beef and mutton and plenty of brown nut ale all these jolly things and a huge cheer goes up and ah it's marvellous is he Nigel Farage's great 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 very possibly very possibly because I'm rapidly losing sympathy for him Uh, he comes third in the election out of of, of three but he's not to be deterred Yes, the policy is based on nut brown ale. Yeah, absolutely. What more do you want, really? Always win. How many politicians these days just turn up for photo shoots going, (laughs) I may not know a lot about politics or policies or taxation or feeding the poor and dealing with climate crisis or the cost of living crisis, but I can have a foamy pint. Have a nice pint of beer. I'm not going to take your British beer away from you. (laughs) Exactly what he does. Oh. Now, outside the hall, he gives yet again another stirring speech to his supporters. This time he announces that he is going to stand for Parliament in the upcoming elections for the East Kent. And a huge cheer goes up. Yes, he's going to be our MP. It's going to be marvellous. He has been pitching to drunk people for weeks. A week later thousands of people from all over Kent gather for the nominations of candidates for this election. Other candidates arrive with all their supporters and then in comes Sir William. Black velvet trousers and a vest. Gold belt, silver epaulets, a crimson cap, red stockings. That's a lot. The outfit is finished with apparently huge shoes. (laughs) A massive (laughs) pair of shoes. To protect against all the mud. It's an outdoor event. He cannot get the fantastic no. outfit covered in mud. Does he have fucking platforms on? <laughs> that that I don't Is know. Is he wearing platform boots with that outfit? Because I can't. I, I die. I die. All, all I know is they are overly large shoes. <laughs> because what's the alternative? Wide out- shoes. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm going platform. Big pointy, pointy toe. <laughs> yeah, platform shoes, which would be huge because yeah. everyone's two foot, as we've established. And he's six foot, so he's now like ten foot. It's a good look. Well, apparently, it's a good look. <laughs> it could just be terrifying, and everyone wrote it down, going, "Well, it was a thing. It was a thing. It, it was, was a thing that happened. It was definitely a thing that happened." <laughs> now, as all the candidates, they stand on a raised platform and they address the crowd. Prior to the to the vote, him towering over everyone. Yeah, but William stands back as the other candidates are saying their piece. He stands back, and he's at the back of the, this sort of dais, and he's pulling faces to the crowd, making rude gestures behind these candidates' back. He's making all weird postures and things. Okay, he's really going for so it. So he's he like now he's evolved into a screaming lord such. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. He's at he's, the back just flicking the V's. Yeah. Now more than nine thousand votes are cast that day mm. and sir william percy honeywood courtenay knight of malta heir to the earldom of devon and hell's place king of the gypsies and rightful <gasps> heir to the kingdom of jerusalem uh, gets three 
What? Three <laughs> votes. What? One of which is his own. So all this crowd of supporters that he's brought with him no. have voted for other people. <laughs> so, Did they all vote? Oh yeah, yeah. People are there. Through the, so oh it's my, like, oh no! I yeah. know you can have spoiled votes and non-voters, but still, oh yeah, it's my not good. God. He gets three votes. <laughs> one was all him, this, and one of them was him, and the other one was his mother. So it's not. And the other third one was someone confused in the ballot box. <laughs> yeah. But he's still not deterred. He's still going for it. Go for it, mate. In March 1833, he launches a newspaper called The Lion, in which he champions the poor, he attacks the government, the clergy, and the aristocracy. And his popularity it really is starting to fade. He's he's good for an after-dinner speech because he's a bit mad. But apart from that, no one's really interested. No uh. one's really listening. He needs something to bring him back into the public eye. Okay. Now, early that year, a fishing boat had been off Faversham, had been challenged on suspicion of smuggling. Way Faversham. <laughs> the crew of the boat had been seen throwing barrels overboard, um, and the barrels had been recovered, and they were full of booze, full <laughs> of alcohol. The captain and the crew of this fishing vessel are arrested and put on trial. Now, when Sir William reads about this, he becomes convinced that this is his, his opportunity to confirm his reputation as a supporter of the poor. He manages to convince the captain, a chap called Thomas Coltrop, to fire his lawyers and allow William to represent him. Now, we know he has the gift of the gab, so we think, yeah, absolutely, he's a good one to, to represent. He, he can spin anything. The jury are not entirely convinced. He has very <laughs> grandiose speeches. The captain is still found guilty. Oh. of this and now unsurprisingly the other six crew decide against having William represent them and go no can we have our original lawyers back please <laughs> <laughs> we, he, he's shit we don't want him anymore yeah it, it didn't it didn't go so well really but I mean William is bitterly disappointed by this defeat and by the the betrayal of the crew for firing him as their as his as their, their defence why did you lose face with me for, for losing and sending one of your party to jail yeah, you yeah. didn't know anything about the law you mm. just rapped me yeah. For five minutes. <laughs> but and it was very confusing. It's not going to stop him, though. He is here to help. And help he will. Help. He is going to help, help or the poor hinder. whether they want him or not. <laughs> <laughs> he is Nigel Farage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At the trial of the, the crew, um, no. William announces himself as a witness for the defence. He's here to rescue these crewmen. At this point, they're probably all going, oh, fuck no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't shush. Just no. <laughs> Just, you're not helping. <laughs> on the stand, William testifies that he had been returning from France. He'd been on a boat, returning from France, on a ship sure. called, the, called the Active, the ship. And he had seen these barrels floating in the sea. And he was absolutely certain they had not come from the fishing vessel. The prosecution go, okay. And they call the vicar of Borton under Bleen to the stand, who Yay! testifies that William has actually been in church. He That day he had been in the church. He had been seen by many people, many parishioners. There was no chance that he was on a boat on his way back from France. He was in Borton under Bleen. And William being William, he probably was yelling the whole time yeah. he was in that church. <laughs> so, no, there's no chance he spotted any barrels from anywhere. Oh, God. To William's bewilderment, all six remaining crewmen are found guilty 
What? What's going on? No. Not only that, but William himself is charged with perjury. <laughs> you lied. The arrogance. Yeah. Now, the perjury arrogance. is a serious thing. It's yes. It's a damn serious thing. It remains a serious thing. Don't lie in court. <laughs> Don't lie under oath in court. And I mean, it's obvious that William has lied about being on a boat and seeing these barrels. And people are really starting to question about who the hell is this man? Yeah. Um, I mean, he has arrived out of nowhere, claiming to be descended from the best blood in England. To his amazement, his absolute shock, he is found guilty of perjury. And he is sentenced to three months imprisonment and then transportation for seven years. Ooh, he is going to the lordy, colonies lordy. for an awful long time. Oh, he's not going to do well out there. No. Now, while Sir William sits in Maidstone Jail, waiting for his sentence to be over and then his transportation, he is still surprised by the situation. How did I end up here? What went wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I I did everything so well. Now, outside, someone is digging into this past. Now, this is the man who appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. No idea where his past is. He's he's not the heir to the Earldom of Devon um, or anything like that. Where the Mm. hell is this man come from? And a spectator at William's trial was convinced that they had seen him somewhere before. They had seen his likeness somewhere. Okay. He knows that face. And eventually it comes to him. So William, he bears a striking resemblance to a chap, John Nichols Tom, who had gone missing in Cornwall the previous year. Oh, This spectator remembered seeing posters about this missing man, and he contacted the Tom family. Now, Catherine Tom, the wife of this missing man, quickly arrives in Maidstone and confirms this man is not Sir William fancy name, but he's plain old John Tom, a merchant from Cornwall. What the hell is he doing here? He's my husband. He's been missing for a year, and he's rocked up in Canterbury spouting all this nonsense. What the hell's going on? This is a Netflix documentary. <laughs> it's, it's a mad story. This has gotten to the fourth episode yeah. and suddenly like, he wasn't who he said he was. Shut was, the was. hell up. Yeah. I mean, we could all see it coming. Yeah, I mean, Sir William outright rejects these claims. How preposterous. <laughs> he is Sir William, etc, etc, etc. He's not some tradesman from Cornwall. He is the heir to the Earldom of Devon. Now, in that voice, in that voice, he says it. He's getting more and more angry. Now, Catherine tells her husband's story to the authorities. He went missing in May 1832. He had been on a trip to Birmingham. He was a wine merchant in Cornwall. He had been taking a shipment up to Birmingham. All went very well. The last letter she had received uh, was from from her husband saying that he was taking a trip to France. He was going to get some more supplies, get some more stock. He'll be back when he's back with a load of wine and lovely things. Not heard a word from him since that letter. Oh no, he was killed by the cheese. Yeah. She also revealed that John's mother, a lady called Charity, had been a patient at the Cornwall Lunatic Asylum for the last years of her life, and it had affected John deeply. He had been deeply Uh... upset by his mother's committal to the asylum. And in fact, that John had suffered bouts of insanity himself. He had been under a doctor's care for two months, but he had been given a clean bill of health. All was well. He was no, he had been crazy. He's no longer crazy. (laughs) It's fine. Now, after these discoveries, it is agreed that Sir William, they still refer to him as Sir William, as he refused to respond to any other name. He will not respond to anything else. But it's agreed that 
he is quite obviously mad as they say and rather than be transported to the other side of the world he'll be much better off in a lunatic asylum in england a much happier place sir william remains incarcerated for the next few years in the kent lunatic asylum the medical superintendent writes of his patient that he conducts himself peacefully and orderly but he adds though i believe he himself would harm no one I cannot answer for the conduct of others who might be excited by his unsound and extravagant opinions. By 1837, his continued good behaviour has persuaded authorities that it would be safe for him to be released and placed in the care of his family. He does not need to be committed anymore. He'll be fine out there. But he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go to this these family. Okay. They're not his family. I am Sir William, the heir to the Earldom of Devon. Why am I going with you, some random Cornish people? No, 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 no. I can live in this asylum Absolutely. and I can just guide no. myself around on this trolley and it's by boat. But to ensure his release, the, the family agree that he doesn't wow. have to go with them. He can be released into the care of someone else. Someone who is entirely happy for him to say, yes, you're the Earl, the Earl of Devon. Come and live with me. Okay. Enter Mr. Francis. Mr. Francis is a local landowner. He had been a most ardent supporter of Sir William during his time um, lording it around Canterbury. And he was more than happy to have Sir William in his charge. And so at the end of 1837, Sir William Courtney emerges from the asylum a free man. Oh. Maybe a good time to have a wee little break. A little break for a drink? A wee little break. I agree. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So William, he is now released and free and living with Mr. Francis. Now, as he reacclimatizes to life outside of the asylum, everywhere he looks, he sees the downtrodden, discontented masses. He had returned to finish his work to make their lives better. Mm. Now, for a few weeks, William lives quietly with Mr. Francis and his family. He behaves perfectly normally, saying that all he wants to do is establish his birthright, claim his inheritances and all the land and property that he is entitled to. And something that Mr. Francis is very keen for him to do. Absolutely. You crack on, mate. Absolutely. Very much hoping he's going to get something out of this. So I want, to, I want to protect the, the poor and I want to fight for them. But at the same time, I want to get as rich as possible. Yeah, but I can only do that if I've got resources. Ah, uh, okay. I can only do that if I'm the Earl of Devon. Yeah, I'm suspicious. Yeah, absolutely. As time passes, it seems that Sir William is not really making as much headway into making these claims on his titles as Mr. Francis would like. And he, in fact, he takes to riding around the countryside, talking to farmers, charming their wives, fussing over their children, having a lovely time just chatting to the people. Mr. Francis is appalled by this. What are you doing talking to the working man? (laughs) Terrified by this aristocratic guest mingling with the lower classes no it's not the done thing at all um, and he eventually he demands that sir william leaves leave my home there are limits to this well pick a side mate. or pick a side absolutely either be an aristocrat and get your money yeah or go and be a man of the people can't do both get out of my house and yeah. now I have my money exactly. behind it. It's a horrible thing because you'd like to have someone who is of that status mm. fighting for the rights of people doesn't yeah. seem like Sir William really wants to do that. No, indeed. Now, Mr. Mr. Francis, he's he's realizing that that Sir William is not the not the man he thought he was. Out, be, be gone with you. Sir Francis does seem like he wanted a cut of this. Oh, absolutely. Me, me, me yeah. Francis, he's he did this entirely thinking that if he is the Earl of these yeah. things, I'm in with an Earl, so I'm going to get a load out of this might be able to marry my daughter off and get Mm. me a title definitely an ulterior motive to mr francis's benevolence in accepting this man into his home absolutely and when he realizes that's not going to happen he's very much oh you can get out now yeah yeah be gone with you so william quite happily rides away on his horse i mean he knows he has got plenty of supporters out there in the fields he doesn't need Mr. Francis anymore. Now, over the next few months, he rides through the countryside. His proclamations and his speeches become more and more grand and more and more dramatic. He starts quoting scripture um, a lot, which is always a good sign, really. And he invokes biblical verses to get his points across, which only gathers more people to him, really. People who are really in it for the religion. They they love it. (laughs) And he going around, he's got long flowing black hair. He's got a great biblical beard. Oh, yeah. It's not long before he's proclaiming himself the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He is here to free the poor from the yoke of tyranny he is back he is gonna sort things out i hope he said that as well i'm jesus i'm back i'm back gonna sort things out yeah don't worry about it no we're gonna get on with it it's all kosher (laughs) and then rides off into the sunset yeah and people follow him 
People go, I'm mm. having some of that. So, so all he is is a great orator. Oh, he's a fantastic orator. Yeah. He's talking bollocks, but he he's, <laughs> but he does it incredibly well. On Sunday, the 27th of May in 1838, he calls a meeting outside the town of Faversham, and he is there surrounded by over 200 people. He reads passages from the Bible about the corruption of the rich and the oppression of the poor, and mm. they all go, yay, we love you, absolutely. He then commands his enthusiastic and somewhat gullible listeners to prepare themselves. This is time for action. Now he's Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. How, how, have, how, how is it that all politicians haven't read this guy's history? Because it's all of them. Now, while William, Sir William, has been marching about the fields, giving these speeches and gathering followers to him, it's not gone unnoticed by the authorities and by the people who are owning the land and such like. And they have received numerous complaints about this crazy man who is riding through farms, <laughs> um, persuading all the workers to stop work, down yeah. tools and follow him. And he is becoming a major nuisance. Farms cannot work. The productivity has, has ground to a halt. These can easily get out of hand. There are rumours floating that this mob is going to start. It's going to start getting violent. Oh God, it's going to get nasty. This is so conflicting. <laughs> this because on one side I am fight for the workers, fight for the people, rise up. On the other side, he's literally Donald Trump and Nigel Farage at the same time. What's happening? <laughs> it's, it's, he's a confusing <laughs> dichotomy of a man. The local magistrate issues a warrant for William's arrest. Now the the arrest is predominantly for inciting workmen to leave their work. Mm. which apparently is an arrestable offence at this time. Constable John Mears is dispatched to bring William in. Now, Constable Mears is not too keen on his new assignment, really. One man going up to a big <laughs> gang of people going, oh, I'm going to arrest you. Um, he's not overly keen on this. He, in fact, cajoles his brother into, into going along with him. And also he's got his assistant, um, a petty constable, Daniel Edwards. Three people, fine. What? So three people are going to go and arrest him. They're they're going to go and sort this out. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, four thirty a.m. on Thursday, the thirty-first of May. Worsting. Yeah, absolutely. This is an early morning surgical strike. (laughs) The men set out towards Bossenden Farm, where William is sheltering. Nicholas, the brother, leads the way. Quite nobly, he tells his brother, the constable, that if there is any trouble, then he needs to run. The brother has got a family. Nicholas is a single man. He will stay back and deal with anything. But the brother needs to look after family. He needs to scarper. Okay. As they approach the farmhouse, they are spotted by, I think sentries might be putting it too dramatically. But people, <laughs> who, people who are awake of the gang, they mm. are spotted and the alarm is raised. Now, the three men climb over the fence, separating the road from the farmhouse, and Sir William appears. He is not happy. He strides up to the men, stop and stops only a few yards away, and demands to know which of them is the constable who has come to take him away. Mm-hmm. Now, both of the Mere brothers say yes. Nicholas trying to protect his brother. John Mears, the constable, going, yes, it, it's me. Sir William takes a pistol from his belt and shoots Nicholas straight in the chest. He falls back against the fence and then collapses to the ground. William then draws his sword and runs at Constable Mears and his assistant. Now the constable is unarmed. He's got no way of defending himself. He does. He's not expecting this level of violence in retaliation. Both men run. 
So William tries to chase after them, but he stumbles um, and the two men are able to disappear into the woods. William then returns to the injured Nicholas, who is slumped against the fence. He explodes in rage. How dare they try and arrest him? Don't they know who he was? He was here to protect the poor. He's fucking Jesus Christ. Why is he here? And as he rants and raves, he draws his sword and he beats Nicholas with it before drawing a second pistol and shooting him again, killing him outright. Wow. Now, William turns to look and is now terrified followers. There is this man who had been spouting scripture and the the good of the people and all this mm. sort of stuff. And he's just shot someone at point blank range. And beaten them. And beaten them and chased after other people. What the fuck's going on? This is not what they had signed up for. Smashing a few machines, bringing the landowners down a peg or two, fine. But murder? No, no, no. No. This, this, this was not it. As they stare at their leader, he cries out, I am the saviour of the world. You are my lambs, every one of you. And looking down on the body of his victim, he adds, Though I have killed the body, I have saved the soul. Oh, come on now. Mm, things are getting a really fucking weird. Things are getting a little bit culty. Yeah. Not everyone is convinced by this this outburst, and they begin to back away slightly. But Sir William brandishes his now blood-smeared sword and threatens, if anyone tries to run, he shall be a dead man. Okay, so so not really fighting for the rights of people. No. <laughs> not defending them, is it? Yeah. Like, I am there, and you are but the lambs, and I will kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you if you don't do what I say. Now, Sir William and his now terrified men Jesus. sit down to a lovely breakfast at the farm. They need their strength. For the day to come. Did they eat the person they it's, just well, killed? It's, it's been a hard morning. It's been a trying morning. So he needs a hearty breakfast. Are they everyone else is there going, um, uh, just have some water, please. <laughs> <laughs> and William's there going, I want more sausages and bacon <laughs> and, and eggs. Going, no, I'm full. It's okay. <laughs> just a now, few words for me, please. Okay. Have some toast. <laughs> now, <laughs> Now, while William is having his lovely breakfast after murdering someone, the fleeing John Mears and Daniel Edwards, they have been able to send news of these terrible events to the authorities in Canterbury. And on hearing of the the murder of Nicholas Mears, the magistrate calls out the troops. This cannot be allowed to continue. And soon, uh, Major Armstrong from the Canterbury Barracks. He is. <laughs> he does not sound like a real person. Major Armstrong. Can we just acknowledge there. Major Armstrong is a toy <laughs> that has been manufactured by M- Mattel? No, he, he is there and he's got a hundred men from the 45th Infantry <laughs> Regiment behind him. And yes. they are marching towards Bossenden Wood. You would walk <laughs> behind Major Armstrong yep. into anything. Absolutely. So, William, he is blissfully unaware of the army detachment that are, that are marching out of Canterbury towards him. Otherwise uh, he would have run. <laughs> uh, yeah, but now he's up on his soapbox again. He's rousing his followers. He promises to divide the estates of the rich between his men. But people are not looking entirely convinced mm. by this. But he grows wilder and more impassioned. Um, again, he claims to be Jesus resurrected. He has come to lead them to glory. No weapon can harm him. No mm. weapon can harm his followers while he's with them. He bless those who cheers him. Those who are more hesitant and going, uh, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> I- I'll see how you're getting on tomorrow. <laughs> curse them. They are threatened with damnation 
a passing woodcutter who sees this this scene <laughs> um he asks he shouts out to to sir william on his box he asks out if it's true that he has shot nicholas Meir. yes cries sir william i did shoot the vagabond and i've eaten a hearty breakfast since <laughs> I didn't ask for that information, no, mate. but it's good to know. I'm, I'm glad to... They've shot them, and I had a breakfast. And I had a tasty, a hearty breakfast. Not just any old breakfast, a hearty breakfast. A hearty breakfast, okay. Yeah. I would have just been fine with I've shot him, but thank <laughs> you for that information. The men start to move through the woods towards Canterbury. Now, in total, Sir William has 37 men behind him. They are all armed with farm tools, yeah, staffs... Not exactly a well-equipped army, really. But he apparently has the power of God. Yeah, well, indeed. And he's the only one with the actual weapons. He's got some pistols and his sword, so he's fine. Oh, no. Um, and as they reach a clearing in the wood, they find the soldiers waiting for them. Now, Lieutenant Bedit from the regiment, he rides out and demands that William surrender. William raises his pistol and shoots the lieutenant off his horse okay not good no not entirely good the ensuing confrontation lasts maybe 10 minutes yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so william and eight of his followers are killed Mm. and the rest rounded up and taken prisoner now casualties on the other side on the soldiers they're not quite so bad yes william has shot the lieutenant and the records say that one other soldier was slightly injured by a stick by a stick. By a stick. Slightly injured. him on the shoulder. By a stick. Someone came up going, eh, eh. Yeah. And the soldier responded. With a bayonet. By, yes. <laughs> by stabbing him through the eye. Yeah. So the Recos didn't do too badly out of that one. Yeah. That's how, yeah, that's how it worked. I have a stick. I have uh, six guns. Yeah, exactly. I've got a big old musket. Please do your worst yeah. with the stick. Um, of the survivors of the Battle of Bossenden Wood, as it is now known, ten are eventually put on trial. Two men are transported for life for their part in the action, and the others are sentenced to a year each in prison. Sir William Courtney, John Nichols, Tom, whatever you want to call him, he is buried in Herne Hill Cemetery, just outside Canterbury. <laughs> and he now goes down in history as the man who started the last battle in England. Yay! <laughs> so, it's a long and historic story of random crazy man. <laughs> it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Love it. I mean, that's a great story. That has everything. And that has murder. That uh, has murder. And that has battles. <laughs> murder and battles. That and has crazy lunatics spouting things in pubs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what couldn't you love about that? Oh, God, that is a great battle yeah, absolutely. to end with. <laughs> I've got 100 redcoats with muskets and bayonets. You've got 37 chaps with sticks. Who's going who's gonna to win this? <laughs> 37. Yeah. That's a sad, sad number. Yeah. Considering he started off with about like 200, 250, yeah. and he just managed to lose everyone. As he got crazier <laughs> and crazier, everyone was going, No, I'm going home. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely out. not. I'm out. This... But there were still those 37 who were committed. Yes, we believe you. Absolutely. You're the way forward. We're going to. Follow we'll you. Think about it in today's society as well. All the people who say, oh, we'll follow you completely on paper. We'll follow you on social media. Okay, here's a stick. 
mm. go up against an army, yeah. how many of them will stick around? Oh, absolutely. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be going, no, I'm going home now. The 37, <laughs> God bless them. Oh, just... yeah, absolutely. They had some commitment. And he had his fabulous hair and his fabulous outfits. Ooh, amazing outfits. What a Fantastic shit. Fantastic shoes. <laughs> Big shoes. Big shoes. They're very disturbed chap. I do sense he had big shoe energy. <laughs> mm, love delving into that. Into our beautiful Canterbury Indeed, as well. Indeed, very local to us as well. I was getting very excited all the way through there because <laughs> because I know that place and those people and oh, that's an area. How much in that story rings true? <laughs> yes, yeah, so much of that. You could apply, ha- pick out the politicians on the left and on the right. Oh, it's a thinking. What do you think of this story of... Your man, because he had so many different names. So William, Courtney, Honey, Honeywood, Honeydew. Honeywood. Honeywood. I want to say Honeypot every time. (laughs) So William, Honeypot, Courtney. Sexy, sexy, sexy 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 hair. Velvety man. Velvety man. Heir to the Earldom of Devon. (laughs) Heir to Hale's Place. King of the Gypsies. (laughs) It's good going. What do you think of the story, people? A slice of history from our own hometown. What do you think of the craziness of anyone who just turns up at a pub and starts shouting things? Should they go into politics? Maybe don't vote for them. (laughs) Jump on the comments of this episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. But most importantly, you must have a little think about (laughs) making the Into the Woods. Yeah, and maybe think about making something else. Consider your life choices yeah. with this cocktail. Promised so much. Yeah. Delivered so little. Disappointing. Yet if you have extra stuff in your cupboard. Bit of ginger liqueur, that extra spice and warmth, I think would work a treat. Bit of chilli. Why the hell not? The recipe will be out as usual. Let us know if you're going for it as God intended, or if you're making your own variations, do let us know. By this stage, you should have a lot of stuff. <laughs> saved up in your poisonous cabinet at home. So add what you want to it. See if you can improve the Into the Woods. And also tell us what else you're drinking this weekend because we love to see it. We love to see your pictures. Tell your friends about the poisonous cabinet if you haven't already. If you would like to have more content from the poisonous cabinet, please consider joining us on Patreon where you can have extra episode every single week as well as extra monthly content and very special bonus material thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoners cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you Bye.